I want to begin by asking this question. Have you ever gotten to the place in serving the Lord where, to put it frankly, you just got wore out? You can go ahead and be honest with me. How many of you are tired right now? You're tired this morning. Oh, great. We're in trouble. I remember what it was like being in college and being tired. Uh, in fact, I, I remember the time when I was sitting in an evening service. I was sitting about where Brother Sisk is at right now, and I was tired. I'm talking, you know what I'm talking about. I'm so tired that my head is bobbing. Now, the problem was Dr. Weaver is sitting right where he's sitting at right now, right beside Brother Sisk. And actually, my, my girlfriend then, my wife now, was sitting there, and Brother Weaver is, Mrs. Weaver and Brother Weaver were sitting right next to her. And I'm sitting there, and I am doing everything I can to stay awake. You know what I was I was pinching my leg. I'm stabbing myself with my pen. Um, probably giving myself lead poisoning in the process. How many of you have done that before? All right, I'm the only one dumb enough to do that, I guess. All right, I got some over here. But I'm doing everything I can to stay awake during that service. And boy, the blessed time came when they said, heads bowed and eyes closed. And I'm like, hallelujah, heads bowed and eyes closed. And I'm still tired. And uh, so I, I'm sitting there, and I'm kind of zoning in and out as the invitation's going on. And this is a not at all spiritual, but it's what happened to me. And I, I thought subconsciously they asked, uh, anybody, if you know that you're saved, raise your hand. And so I raised my hand to say, raise it up high. Don't be ashamed of it. I raised it up high. <laughs> you know what happened. I wasn't looking. I was tired. They asked if anybody was not sure they're saved. And it's in the middle of a church service. Brother Weaver sitting down the row from me. Uh, my girlfriend's sitting there. And Brother Firsto comes up to me during the invitation and says, hey, let me talk to you about how you can be saved. I look up and I said, I know I'm saved. Now I saw you raise your hand. It's okay. I want to help you. I said, I know that I'm saved. I'm just tired. (laughs) Uh, But that's one of those experiences I'll never forget. That's what I'm talking about in a certain sense. Have you ever gotten to the place in serving the Lord? Whether you're a teacher here, you're on staff here, or you're a college student, where you, you just got weary. You got tired in doing it. I'm talking about the kind of place where it really doesn't matter to you if you make it to class on time. It doesn't matter if you, in fact, pass your class. It doesn't matter if your ministry uh, is filled by your position, by your presence being there. If your uh, bus route has a worker, if your Sunday school class has a teacher... If the nursery has workers, it doesn't matter because you're done. You're worn out. If you've served the Lord for any amount of time, you either have been there or you're going to get to a place at some point where you'll be there. And what you do at that moment is largely going to determine how much you'll be able to be used by the Lord for the long haul in the ministry. And so I want to preach to you about this subject of how to overcome weariness in the ministry. We're in 1 Kings chapter 19, but let me talk to you about the chapters proceeding here before we get into reading. In 1 Kings chapter 17, we're introduced to a man named Elijah. Now, we're very familiar with Elijah, but when Elijah comes onto the scene, uh, we begin by Elijah making an announcement to King Ahab that there's not going to be any rain except by his word. And boy, God begins to use the life of this prophet, Elijah, doing some miraculous things. Uh, It doesn't rain. And then during that same chapter, in chapter 17, uh, Elijah sustains a widow woman and her son throughout those years of dearth, even even raising the widow woman's son from the dead. Some amazing things happen. And then you get into chapter 18. Boy, that's one of the literal mountaintop experiences of the Bible, Mount Carmel. And it's Elijah against the 850 prophets of Baal. 
course, we know the story. Elijah prays and God sends down fire from heaven. And all the host of people there, they have to cry out, The Lord, He is the God. The Lord, He is the God. My favorite part of the story then is after that takes place, God tells Elijah to do it. And he proceeds to kill all 850 prophets of Baal. Now, it's a miracle having fire called down from heaven. But for one guy to take out 850 guys, that's kind of impressive there too. And you would think, after all these things took place, that Elijah would be on top of the world. You would think that the last thing that would be on his mind was being discouraged. And yet after 1 Kings chapter 18, that's the exact place that we find Elijah in. So I want you to look at chapter 19 with me in verse number 1. The Bible says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and withal how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if it make not thy life as one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. And he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die, and said, It is enough Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my fathers. Now think about this. Elijah went from being on top of the world to asking to be taken out of the world. And I read this, and I think, what happened? I mean, you just had the Mount Carmel experience. How could you get to this place in your life where you're just ready to throw in the towel? And I propose to you the same thing that happened to Elijah is the same thing that can so often happen to us when we allow for some things to come into our life. When we allow ourselves to get weary in living and striving to fulfill God's purpose for our life. And so this morning, I just want to take a few moments and preach to you on how to overcome weariness in the ministry. And three ways to do it. And as we go into this, why don't we bow our heads and close our eyes together would you ask God to speak to your heart as I pray? If you ask him to, God will help you today with the truth that we're going to look at. So let's ask the Lord to speak to our hearts together. Father, we come before you, and Lord, I just pray that you will work in a, in a, in a great way in each one of our hearts today. I know that this is the message that you have given us for this, this time together, and I just pray that you would uh, deliver it through your preacher today. Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you'd fill me and use me as you, as you see fit, and I also pray that you'd fill these young people. And uh, these adults gathered in this room today, uh, that you would give them exactly what they need in this chapel hour. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Three ways to overcome weariness in the ministry. If you're going to do it, here's the first way. You've got to recognize something. You've got to recognize your lethargy. You've got to recognize the weariness that is taking place in your life. Now, we just read a portion of the first, uh, first part of chapter 19 here. And what we find is that though Elijah had just experienced a season of supernatural blessing from God, there were some subtle factors that led him into a state of lethargy, a state of being spiritually worn out. And I want us to notice these together very quickly here this morning. Here's the first subtle factor that came into his life is this, disappointment. 
disappointment. Now, if you, we, we've reviewed a little bit chapters 17 and 18, and we understand how Mount Carmel took place, and, and the fire was called down from heaven, and, and Elijah heard the whole host, I believe even Ahab said, the Lord, He is the God. The Lord, He is the God. And boy, Elijah had just seen God begin to work in a nation that he had been preaching to, and a nation that he had been burdened for. And I venture to say that in that moment, what Elijah thought was going to happen is that revival was going to sweep across the nation. And the Bible tells us, if you go back to chapter 18 and verse number 41, after the Mount Carmel experience took place, the Bible says, And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. And, and then the Bible tells us that Elijah prayed, and, and God was getting ready to send rain down from heaven. And Elijah sent his servant in verse number 45, and the Bible says it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And then notice this, And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Elijah was excited. And though, though Ahab had rode back in a chariot, God enabled Elijah to outrun him back to the entrance of Jezreel. And Elijah watched as Ahab came back. And Elijah was expecting for God to begin to do something great in the nation of Israel as a result of what had taken place up there on Mount Carmel. But this is what happened. Ahab came home and he walked in the door and who was there? Jezebel. Well, that's not good. And Ahab talks to Jezebel, and all of a sudden, whatever spiritual wind there may have been in Ahab's sails, it got sucked out. And let me just stop right here and say, the person that you marry is going in a large way to impact how greatly you'll be able to use by the Lord too. And you need to be careful about who that person is going to be. It should be someone that encourages you in the Lord. And doesn't discourage you from what God is leading you to do. I'll just leave that there and let's go on. Uh, but the, the Bible tells us that Ahab came home and revival's not what took place in Israel at that point in time. And the first thing that Elijah faced at this point was disappointment. He thought something was going to take place and it didn't take place. Well, it's happened for me before. We plan a big day at church and we pray for God to work. We pray for souls to be saved and the day comes and the truth is, God does work, but at the end of the day, nobody got saved. Perhaps uh, you're on your bus route and you, you plan to have a certain number of people on your bus route, but you have a low day. And sometimes when you're in ministry, there's some things that come up that are disappointing to you. And some things, things don't work out the way that we think we want them to work out. Or we think that God is going to work them out. You know, something I've discovered that is that God's ways are not always my ways. His thoughts are not always my thoughts. And the first thing that Elijah found himself going through is disappointment. But that disappointment led to a second subtle factor that got him worn out in the ministry. And that second factor was criticism. Notice verse number 1 of chapter 19. The Bible says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. And then verse 2, the Bible says, Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Jezebel didn't like what God had done with Elijah. And she began to criticize and to critique and to attack everything that God was using Elijah to do. So he faced criticism. And let me just say this. Satan loves to use the weapon of criticism to distract us. He loves to use people to hurt 
people. And I venture to say, if you're worn out, if you think you're ready to quit, a lot of times what we can trace it back to in our life is somewhere along the line, someone said something to criticize what we were trying to do for the Lord. And it got us down, and it got us discouraged, and it caused us to go down this same path that Elijah found himself going down. Now, sometimes criticism can be helpful. In fact, I like constructive criticism. I like when somebody tries to help me uh, do something better. But that's not what was happening here. Elijah was being criticized by someone who had an intention of hurting him. And sometimes that's what critics, that's all they're after. They're not out to help you. They're not out to build you. They're just out to hurt you. And that's the place that Elijah found himself in. And maybe you found yourself there too. Maybe it's somebody in your dorm. Maybe it's a parent. Maybe it's somebody back home. Somebody you went to high school with that criticizes and tries to mock the fact that you're trying to live for God. And you're trying to train to serve the Lord with your life. It's got you down. Elijah was going down this pathway of getting weary, getting worn down. It started with disappointment, and then it led to criticism. But notice this, thirdly, then it led to doubt. It led to doubt. Look at verse number 3. The Bible says, And when he saw that, when he saw that he'd been criticized and threatened, he arose and went for his life. Understand this. This is what happened. In the moment that Elijah was criticized, he began to believe the criticism more than he believed God. And the result was doubt. All of a sudden, he was more focused on what Jezebel had to say than what God had said about what God's will was for his life. And he started to believe the critics more than he believed God and God's calling on his life. The result was that he began to doubt. And let me just say, doubt was the first weapon that God used against mankind from the beginning. It was Satan in the Garden of Eden that said, Yea, hath God said... He wanted to doubt God's word. And when mankind began to doubt God's word, it wasn't very long before they were denying God's word. And it wasn't very long after that they began to disobey God's word. If you allow that critic to get in your head, it, will be, it is very possible for just criticism to lead you to the place where you wonder, I wonder if I'm even supposed to be in Bible college anymore. I wonder if I was ever actually called to the ministry. It's so subtle how these things come in. And for Elijah, it began with uh, this, this thing of uh, disappointment, and then it led to criticism, and then it led to doubt. And I wonder today, have you started to doubt the truth of, of God's word? Have you began to doubt God's calling on your life? Here's the fourth factor that came into Elijah's life. Isolation. Isolation. Look at verse number three. As Elijah continued to go further down the pathway of spiritual lethargy, we find in verse 3 it says that he came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and he left his servant there. Now, get that last phrase. He came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and what's the last part of the verse say? And he left. Are you with me? Are you still here today? All right, let's try it again. Look at verse number 3. And he came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and the last part of the verse says he left what? His servant there. He left his servant there. What was he doing? He's getting alone. It's not that he was going to get alone with God. He wanted to be away from everybody. He wanted to isolate himself from everybody else. And let me just say to you this morning that it is a great indication in our spiritual walk that we are becoming lethargic when we begin to attempt to isolate ourselves from everybody else. There's a reason why the Bible says to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but to exhort one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. 
And there's something about us and our human nature that when we start to get down, when we start to get discouraged, we just want to get away from everybody else. We just want to get away from it all and go be alone. And I've seen it happen more than once. A young person leaves Bible college because they think, they just, I, I just need to sit out a semester. I just need to get away from it all. You know that's not going to be the answer for you? That might be the thing that breaks you of doing what God has called you to do. And Elijah goes out in the wilderness and he's trying to isolate. He leaves a servant. He gets alone and he's out there. Now let me say this. When someone tries to isolate themselves, the answer is not to say, well, I wonder if they're ever going to come back. The answer is not to criticize. The answer is, like Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 1 says, hey, if, if a brother be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. The answer is to go to them and to bring them back. Not to let them sit and sour and sulk in their isolation. We find that Elijah is getting worn out. Started with disappointment, and then he was criticized. And then after he was criticized, he began to doubt God's calling. He began to doubt God's direction, and then he tried to isolate himself. But here's the fifth thing that happened. Discouragement. Look at verse number four. As Elijah continued to go down this path, he got discouraged. And the Bible says in verse four, But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. Here's Elijah. He's gone out into the wilderness by himself. And there he's sitting under a juniper tree with only his thoughts to himself. And he's sitting there and he's getting more and more discouraged as he's there. You know, the truth is, when we isolate ourselves and begin to believe the lies the devil wants us to believe, we are thereby giving in to discouragement in our lives. And that's the place that Elijah had gotten to. And you know as well as I do that the Bible says that the devil is the accuser of the brethren. The Bible says that he walks around like a lion uh, seeking whom he may devour. And if you let him, the devil will whisper in your ear and tell you you can't be used of God. That you can't stay here. That you can't do what God is leading you to do with your life. If you let him, the devil will do everything he can to destroy your life and to make you useless in the hands of God. There Elijah was, the great prophet, just called down fire from heaven a couple days ago, and now he's sitting out there in the middle of nowhere, and he is discouraged. And that discouragement led to a final subtle, subtle factor of weariness, and that was this, resignation. Resignation. In verse number four, notice what Elijah said as he's sitting there. The Bible says he requested for himself that he might die. And he said, it is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. Elijah's in a bad place. He had allowed himself to get to a very bad place in his life. And imagine if Elijah had gotten what he had wished for here. You know, you, study, you know the Bible as well as I do. There are only two people in the history of this world that never died. Elijah's one of them. And yet here Elijah is asking God to take him out. He had no idea what God still had in store for his life. He had gotten alone. He had gotten discouraged. And he thought, well, I'm no more useful to you. I tried to bring revival to Israel. I tried to do something for you and I failed. I'm done. He had no idea how much more God still wanted to use his life because he'd gotten worn out in the ministry. He'd gotten worn out in serving the Lord. And the truth of the matter is, every single one of us can get there. If we lose sight 
of what it's really all about. That's the place that Elijah found, Elijah found himself in. And if you allow Satan to, he can convince you that this world is better off without you. He can convince you that this college is better off without you. That's exactly what he wants to do. I was flying in yesterday. And it's amazing to me just how many houses they pack in California. And as I was flying in, I looked at all those houses and I thought, there is so much more need than what there are people meeting that need today. Satan doesn't want you to go start a church. Satan doesn't want you to be continued to be useful uh, in the Lord's work someday. He wants to take you out now. And if he can do so by getting you weary, making you give up, then he will have been successful in exactly what he's trying to do. How do you overcome weariness in the ministry? You've got to recognize your lethargy. That there's some things in your life that have gotten you down, things that you've allowed into your life that are speaking things that aren't true into your head. Now, Elijah was experiencing this lethargy in the spiritual walk with God, and the factors were all there that had led him to this place. But here was the real problem. He had not yet recognized where he was at spiritually. He thought he was still in a good place. Go back to the scriptures in verse chapter 19 and and verse number 5, the Bible says, And as he lay under the, a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a, bake, a cake baked on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord uh, came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. See, God knows so often what the real issue is when we get to a place of spiritual lethargy in our life. We get weary. We get worn out. And God knows that we can get there from time to time. What I found out, I found this out especially when I was a dorm soup, is that people do a lot of dumb things when they get tired. We do a lot of dumb things when we get tired. And I'm sure you've got funny stories like I do. I don't have time to tell them today. We do a lot of dumb things when we get tired. We also do a lot of dumb things that completely change the course of our life when we get tired. And God knew that's where Elijah was. And so God set Elijah down and he said, the journey is too great for you. And my question for you this morning is, do you find yourself in this place today? Are you worn out? Are you, you think you're about ready to throw in the towel? Like the same place that Elijah was at? Well, God not only knows what the cause of our spiritual lethargy is, but he also knows what we need when we get worn out. So if you're going to overcome weariness, first you've got to recognize that you are weary. But then secondly, this morning, I want you to see you need to rest in the Lord. You need to rest in the Lord. See, after God made it clear to Elijah that he was in a spiritually lethargic place, the solution Elijah needed was to spend time resting in the Lord. Look at verse number 8, if you would, with me. The Bible says, and he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. See, God knew exactly what Elijah needed. And he began to give him some meat and drink. And for 40 days, the, the number of testing, God began to meet the real need that Elijah had in his life. And he didn't even fully realize it at the time. And friend, I want to tell you, if you find yourself in a spiritually weary place, the next thing you need in your life is to get back to resting in the Lord. But what does it mean to rest in the Lord? 
Well, let's learn some things from Elijah's example here in the scripture. I want you to notice how we discover God led Elijah into this place of rest. First of all, we've got to rest in the word of God. Look at verse number nine, if you would, with me. The Bible says, and he came thither into a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and he said unto him, notice this, what doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I've been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken uh, thy covenant and thrown down thine altars and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only am left and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break, uh, break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a what? Still small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, Well, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel forsaken thy covenant and thrown down thine altars and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. Here's what we find. All Elijah wanted to do was focus on all the crazy things that were going on in his life. And in the midst of all of it, God asked him, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? Why are you in this place? And so God allows Elijah to go through something as he's out there in the wilderness to get him to see what's going on. He allows uh, an earthquake to take place. And a great windstorm that comes in and, and, and breaks some rocks. And, and then he allowed for a great fire to take place. But what does God say about each one of those things? The Lord was not in them. Because the Lord was speaking how? In a still, small voice. You know, as I read this, I come to a realization. When we get spiritually worn out, the last thing that we think we need to take the time to do is the most important thing that we could do. And that's be still. That's spend time listening to that still, small voice in our life. See, when I get worn out, when, when life gets crazy and hectic, this is how my mind works. Maybe you're different than me. This is how my mind works. I think, well, if I can take care of this responsibility over here, and if I can get this done, and I can get this done, then I'll finally be able to, 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 to take a break and get some rest. And what we think as human beings that we need to do is just get more done, and then we'll feel better about our life. If I can just pay this bill, and if I can just uh, pass this class, and if I can just do this and do that, then finally I'll get back to where I need to be in my life. That's not the answer. You know the truth of the matter is? The earthquakes are always going to be there in life. The fire is always going to be there in life. The windstorms are always going to be there in life. You're never going to get, be able to get rid of those things taking place. But there's also something that's always there in the midst of all of those things too. A still small voice. And the way you deal with the burdens of life is not by eliminating them. That's part of life. The way you deal with the burdens of life is learning how to get your strength from a still small voice. From God every single day. God was trying to teach Elijah, hey, you need to learn to rest in my word to give you strength as you go on with your ministry. 
The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. The greatest place of spiritual revival, we heard this from Pastor Chapel last night, the greatest place of spiritual revival and rest that you're going to find in your life is going to be found when you spend time alone with God every single day in his word and in prayer. The psalmist said in Psalm chapter 91 and verse number 1, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Are you walking with God? You find yourself in a weary place? And I ask you in response to that, are you walking with God? It may be that the reason you're so worn out is because you've lost sight of the one who gives you your strength. You need to rest in his word. But not only do we need to rest in his word, we need to learn how to rest in his wisdom. Let's go on in the scripture, verse number 15. The Bible tells us here in verse number 15, And the Lord said unto him, Go, return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel-Moholah, shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. And it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Hazael shall Jehu slay. And him that escapeth the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. And yet I have left for me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees of which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which, shall not, which have not kissed him. Now, as Elijah begins to listen to that still small voice, and as God begins to work in Elijah's life, you know what happened? God gave him some direction. Elijah thought it was all over. Elijah thought, I'm no longer going to be useful. As he began to spend time with God, God began to tell him, hey, this is the way I want you to go. This is the, this is the thing that you need to do. And see, he began to rest in the word of God, and as he began to rest in the word of God, he began to be able to rest in the wisdom of God, the direction that God wanted for him to go. And let me say that it is as we get alone with God and allow him to speak to us that we may receive the instruction and the correction that we need to live our life according to his word. Friend, it's when you learn to rest in the Lord daily that you will discover the strength and you will discover the direction that you need to keep on going. Isaiah 40 and verse number 31, But they that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Jesus told us, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You come to him, you learn to rest in him daily. It doesn't matter what the burdens are in your life. You will have strength to go on if you learn to rest in him. Because your strength, spiritual strength, does not come in the absence of trouble, the absence of burdens. But it comes in the presence of Jesus Christ in your life. And so I wonder, are you weary today? How do you overcome it? Well, you've got to recognize your lethargy and all of those things that have led you to that spiritually lethargic place you find yourself today. Then you've got to rest in the Lord. Rest in His Word. Rest in His wisdom and the way He's telling you to go. And here's the final thing. The final way you can overcome weariness. Return to the labor. Return to the labor. Now look at verse number 19 before we're done here. The Bible tells us at the end of this story, So he departed thence and found who? Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he with the twelfth. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. Here's what I love. 
Elijah went out into the wilderness and he was weary and ready to give up. And he came out of the wilderness willing and ready to go on. And here's the amazing thing. Elijah's ministry was only halfway done up to this point. God had so much more, and you read it in the account of Scripture, He had so much more that He was going to use Elijah to do. Elijah did not just train Elisha, but a whole school of prophets was began. And God began to use Elijah in great ways after this point, but in the moment of discouragement and weariness, He could not see it. I'm so glad that Elijah went on. I'm so glad that Elijah figured out how to find his strength in resting in the Lord because none of that would have happened unless he would have found in that time of discouragement and weariness how to find his strength in the Lord. And Christian, you may be weary in the ministry that God has called you to today, but God can bring you out of your spiritually lethargic place back to a place of effective ministry for him if you can learn to find your strength in the Lord every single day. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9 says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So you find yourself in a spiritually worn-out place today. You know, the answer is not to get more busy. Get more stuff done so you can get rest. Hey, by the way, neither is the answer to go isolate yourself from what God has called you to. Leave college. Do this or that. That's not the answer either. The answer is to go back and find your place of strength and rest in the Lord. I love what the old hymn says. Rescue the perishing, care for the dying, strength for thy labor the Lord will provide. Then back to the narrow way, patiently win them. Tell the poor wanderer, Savior has died. Strength for thy labor the Lord will provide. You may be weary, but you'll spend time resting in the Lord. He is the one that can give you the strength you need to go back and fulfill the calling that He has placed on your life. There have been many times in my life where I've gotten to this same place that Elijah found himself in. I remember when I was in college, I didn't start out at West Coast Baptist College. I started out at a different college. Um, And uh, while I was there, uh, some things took place, and I started to get so busy in all the things that were going on at the school that I lost track of spending time with the Lord. And I remember it got to the point where I had to sit out a semester from college. And honestly, when I went home, I didn't think I was ever going back to Bible college. You know what happened? I got involved in the local church. I never stopped going to church. And my walk with God was rekindled. It was during that time that God began to work in my heart, leading me back to a place of finding my strength in Him and not in all the stuff that was going on. It was during that time I heard Dr. Getz preach at a camp. And I thought, I think the Lord might be leading me to West Coast Baptist College. I was praying about it. And uh, I didn't ask for a fleece, but God gave a fleece. Uh, My mom called me. Uh, I was working two jobs, and she called me one day and she said, Hey, I met this young lady at this camp. You need to come meet her. I was thinking the same thing you think if your mom called you. Mom, you're not going to pick my wife out for me. But I went to the camp anyways. There was going to be preaching there, and I listened. And lo and behold, I went to that camp. Dr. Getz was preaching there. And uh, I was already thinking about going to West Coast, and I met this girl named Emily Payne. 
I'll tell you, I'll just make a long story short. The next week, I had quit both jobs and I was working at that camp where she was at. <laughs> and lo and behold, I felt the call of God to West Coast and she was going there. <laughs> I came out here. You know, I never would have came out of that time unless I'd learned to start walking with God. And he gave me the strength to get back into the work of the Lord. The same thing happened after I graduated. And I was serving the Lord as a youth pastor in Tennessee. And uh, as, I, as I was there, I, I began to get worn out with all the things that were taking place. And the Lord used that time to once again drive me back to my knees and drive me back to a, uh, to, to a sincere walk with Him. And boy, it was from that time that God began to reveal to me that He was calling me to be a pastor. I surrendered to be a pastor. The next day, I think it was, I got a call from Andrew Reed and Paul Chapel and Mark Rasmussen and a couple others, I think, too about uh, an opportunity to pastor in Cortez, Colorado. And see, the point I'm getting at here today is this. God often uses the weak moments of our life to bring us back to a realization of our desperate need to depend on Him. And when we come back to that realization, that is when He often gives us the direction we need to go on. And it may be for you in your life right now, that you're a little lost. It may be the answer for you is not to frantically try to find out what God's calling you to do and frantically try to find out where you're supposed to go or who you're supposed to marry or whatever the case may be. It may just be you need to get back to your place of dependence and reliance upon the strength of the Lord every day. And He will then give you the direction that you need for your life. Are you worn out today? Are you ready to throw in the towel? I wonder how many of you would be honest this morning and be willing to come before the Lord during this invitation. Just tell the Lord, I need to get back to time with you.